Well, there it is. Ashley, you have the pleasure of being the first person to be on the show with the newly updated intro. You saw our cast of amazing friends, yes. which you are one of. Awesome. You are one of, so you probably saw a lot amazing. of amazing. You got me all pumped. <laughs> yep. That's right. That's right. So I am pleased to have Ashley Herrera on the show today. Uh, you know, I met Ashley through Apex Executives, and she, you know, she's this quiet person who, you know, she carries herself with this quiet confidence, um, which I really, when I kind of was looking through the room, like, hey, this is an interesting person. And then we got to know each other a little more. Uh, she's a mother to two sons, a wife, and a fierce leader. She holds nothing back to help her clients achieve the American dream of home ownership. On top of all of that, um, and I had I double checked in the pre show if we could talk about this. She has begun land and housing development, which I think is like just a very cool, uh, major, big, like power move. So we'll talk about that. And on top, right, there we go. And on top of all this, she like lives the big ticket life. She just got back from two weeks, two weeks of back to back vacation, which is awesome. So kudos to that. Thanks. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Thank you, Jeff. I'm so excited to be here. And wow, that intro, Jeff, that was awesome. Got me all pumped up and I'm ready. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the power of being in the right room and having the right team. And I'll take a moment to thank our producer, Chris, from Cast Ahead Productions. Uh, Chris Stum is a fantastic guy and uh, just couldn't be happier uh, with him. So kudos to Chris for that, having good people around you. So Ashley, let's let's jump in. Uh, first and foremost, what what are your boys' names? I have a son named Elijah and a son named Julian. Julian, awesome! And everything you do, I'm sure, is is for them, for the success of your family. Um, you know, you shared with us uh, about being a loan um, loan officer, originating mortgages, being a mortgage broker, that you help people achieve that American dream. Why is that important for you? What's that mean to you? Yeah. Um, so I got into this business because I used to be that person who had no idea what it took to be able to become a homeowner. Um, I literally thought that you just find a house, you call the number on the sign, and magically it was going to be your house. <laughs> well, that's not the case. Um, I was that case study. I called the, um, the number on the Sign, talk to the real estate agent. And one of the first questions she asked me was, Are you pre approved for financing? I was like, um, Yeah. And honestly, I had no idea what she was talking about. So, of course, me, I had to go do some research. And from there, obviously, I now knew that you had to get financing. So, if you didn't have the cash to be able to purchase a home, you had to have a loan to be able to purchase a home. Um, and that was one of the major driving forces, as well as being able to provide the opportunity for people who aren't able to get into homes um, that possibly don't have the highest credit score, maybe had some things happen in the past with their credit history, and you know, just finding that way to be able to get them um, into their home. And that's one of my biggest passions because I feel that every family should be able to provide a home um, that is safe. Um, that is something that they can take pride in and possibly, you know, send it down to their kids or their grandkids. Um, so that's a part of my passion and something that I love, love to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so follow-up question to that. Are you in, in your family? And I love that you say, you know, creating a home that can become this generational point of focus, whether that's to be passed on or, you know, Sunday dinners. Like as a child, we went to my grandparents' house for Sunday dinners. So for you, are you the first in, in your family? Are you are you one of the first to have home ownership? Is that a normal thing? Yeah. So coming from a family that I didn't really have much growing up, um, I was the first to be able to purchase a home on my own. Um, my my parents haven't even purchased their first home to this day yet, um, which is going to happen pretty soon for my mom. But yes, that was, again, another driving force is to be able to help people obtain that. Um, again, coming from that background where that wasn't maybe a possibility or it's just the education and understanding that 
there is a possibility for somebody to be able to become a homeowner regardless of their credit or regardless of what kind of situation they're in. Right, right. So without, obviously you've got, uh, you know, privacy and things like that. Are there a handful of people that you could highlight like as a big time success story? So where maybe they thought this is just not going to happen, but it comes up in conversation. Hey, Ashley, here, here's the reality. I don't know if owning a home's even a possibility for me. But what do you think? You got anything like that that you can share? Yeah, I have lots of stories like that. Um, so I can start with one. I had um, a mom who came to me. She was a single mom. She um, had uh, two children. And she literally thought it was no way possible that she was going to be able to handle it on her own. To even, even think of that she could own a home for her and her two children because she was by herself. Um, that's one of the things that usually comes up from single parents is that they're not able to handle it in terms of, you know, maybe the payments or just the idea of becoming a homeowner. So I always start with an application. I always do everything up front because they don't like surprises. And um, and the reason is, is because I used to be a loan officer or I'm sorry, loan processor before. So that's the person behind the scenes to basically get everything prepped and ready to be sent off to the underwriter. And you have to really have some amazing knowledge and skill and understanding of guidelines to determine if somebody is actually going to be able to get pre-approved or into their home. And um, in this case, it was like no other case. We got the application. I reviewed her credit. She did have lower credit score um, down in the 500s, which is totally fine because we have programs that are able to suit her. And she was able just to qualify with her debt to income ratio. So being able to give her the news that, hey, like you did the work, you did everything that you needed to do. Now you get to go shopping for a home. Literally, you can fill uh, the, the happiness over the phones. They do most of my stuff over the phone. Um, you can feel that energy. Um, and then also, you know, the crying comes along a lot <laughs> with these cases. Um, and it makes me feel really great, really awesome inside because I'm able to provide that opportunity. Um, so yes, this woman was able to become a homeowner. She was able to provide her two children a home and she still has her home now. And every now and then we'll, I'll check in with her and see how she's doing, see if I can help her with anything else. And she always, always praises to me that she's so, so happy that she ran into me because I was able to help her become a homeowner. So that's just one example of many. Yeah, that's very cool. I mean, for everybody listening and watching, um, Ashley touched on something that I think is really important for you to dig into it. And that's, here was a person uh, the, the single mother who, who had good, as, as I understood you, had good debt to income, um, ratio, but the credit score wasn't so great. So, you know, you work through that. There's programs to help solve that. I think right now in our society, we've got such a problem with financial illiteracy. We have such a problem with teaching our kids competent skills, which is something that I'm a big fan of through like vocational centers, career centers at the high school level. Um, so I'm really pushing uh, hard in my community for vocational and career-based paths to be a bigger part of the traditional high school education and even grade school education, but it really kind of ramps up, kind of does this hockey stick thing in, uh, in high school. Um, you, do you agree with that statement that there's a lot of if hardworking people, good people who just like, they just don't understand credit and they're really at a disadvantage. So why don't you talk, you know, talk about, talk about what you've seen in regards to, again, I don't want you to, I'm certainly not asking you to disparage anybody. Certainly not. Nobody deserves that because if they just weren't taught it in life, that's not, that's not somebody's problem. I, I don't think, I think it's on our society to do a better job of preparing for these things. But Talk about that. Like, do you see a need for that in school? Where do you see a need for it in our society? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I learned that early on. So just like the case study with me, not knowing that you had to actually get financing to purchase a home. Um, 
none of that's taught in our education system and it's still not taught. Um, that is one of my goals um, leading on um, to with my development and my, my construction business, um, you know, is to be able to provide scholarships to where uh, is focusing more on those trades and um, not so much maybe the college route, but I 100% agree that in our education system, we have to really step it up because our children are not in a position when they come out of high school, even going into college or whatever trades that they're um, decided to go with to become an adult. Um, I mean, literally at 18, they're kind of getting pushed out into our society and you have to become a grown up and make decisions. And um, whenever it comes to money and understanding what you need to do to be able to successfully purchase a home or a car, um, there's credit involved. And whenever credit is not established, that's a major issue um, when it comes to purchasing big ticket items. Um, so yes, I agree. Um, I, I and other uh, people um, are going to make some changes to be able to help our society, to be able to better our children, to be able to get them educated and ready to become an adult once you know they're pushed out of that 18-year-old system of becoming an adult. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, a mutual friend through Apex Executives, Jose Rodriguez, is he's he's beating that drum in a big way with Got Credit. Uh, I believe his website is now officially gotcredit.com. I think he made an announcement the other day that that's his official domain now. Um, and I know he's taken it up to go into schools in northern New Jersey where he lives and talk with students. So I think it's a big, it's a big thing for me as a as a business leader, a business owner leader in the community, which I don't, I don't wear that title to wear it, but I do find this topic of preparing our youth for life important. And, and a lot of people get me wrong. Like they think Jeff is anti-college. No, the, the fact of the matter is college is always an option. And I'd rather see people kind of get into something, find something that excites them in a skill and I'm not just talking plumbers and welders and carpenters. They're, these these centers have all kinds of great things. Um, they have business programs. I actually sit on an advisory board for the business program in the vocational center. Uh, but I think if we could give our kids one or two years to find that spark and then line up with a business. And, and this is said, the business owners, they got to be able to, they got to want to invest in good people too. Right. That's not a, it's not right. Like it's got to be, you got to have dance partners here. Right. So the, the businesses have to be willing to invest in, in, in people. And maybe it's not a full blown college experience, but maybe it is that added post secondary education that commensurates with the skill, the trade, the business, the acumen. Uh, that is really important to me. It's awesome. I can't wait to hear more. I kind of have. That story too, because I went and got my master's degree in psychology. I'm a mortgage branch <laughs> So that can tell you that I did go the college route and I spent that time, um, but I totally went a different route. Yes, it did help me um, be able to prepare, uh, to be able to talk to people, to be able to listen to people, to be able to read people, uh, which has really been yeah. successful in my business overall. But... I mean, that was five years of time that I could have had in addition to my career now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of going down a path that I think I, I like this path. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up here shortly. But, um, you know, I've told like my son is not a college. He is not a book learning. He is a hands-on learner. And, you know, I've told him like his dreams to have own a supercar one day. I said, here's the path that you can own that supercar getting into a trade skill, uh, finding employment, which we've already pretty much got lined up post high school. Um, you know, and if you control your money and you're financially literate, by the time your friends graduate college, you'll have that Audi R8, you know, um, and that, that's his, that's his dream. That's what he wants. So, uh, again, it's not to say that college is bad. It's just, I think, I think people, our education system's really backwards and, I'm so happy that you're in, in this financial literacy path uh, because we need more people in our society doing what we're talking about here. I think it's very, very important. So it's awesome. 
So let's, um, so we went to college for psychology, graduated with your degree. How'd you get into loans then? Well, um, while I was in college, I had to have a job to be able to uh, live, (laughs) pay my bills. And I had gotten a great job as a teller at one of the big banks in our community. And um, I started there, then I became a a teller manager. And then I moved on to be to a different bank where I was able to start processing for real estate. And um, from there, I had another opportunity to grow, which is always, always on my to-do list is to grow, to, you know, get the next big, big thing. Like, what can I do to be able to better myself and my family? Um, so that's um, where it all kind of started. Um, although I was in college, you know, focusing on that, I had that job and then real estate just became something that I was into. I was good at the processing part of it. And then I hopped into the mortgage world, um, which is a totally different world from banking all in itself. Um, and then I started my, uh, I start, actually started as a loan officer assistant for um, a really great loan officer who had business all the time. So I would see that she would have incoming business. And I'm like, wow, she's doing awesome. Just really somebody that I looked up to. Um, and then I eventually became my own uh, processor. So I had my own contracting business processing loan o- or loan officers loans. And then I had to leap in to become a loan officer. Um, we c- were kind of in a position in the market where I didn't really have a choice. Um, so my loan officer that I was working for, she's like, nope, you're going to be a loan officer. Get ready. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I was kind of pushed into it. Although I already knew I, that is something that they wanted to do because I saw how much, um, you know, the monetary part of it that the loan officers were getting versus what I was getting as a processor. And I was kind of doing all the work. Like, um, I would, I got everything together, um, basically all the work for but. And becoming a loan officer, what I didn't know is you had to be a really good salesperson. That's basically what you are, a salesperson. And um, when you're a loan officer, and I quickly learned that um, if you don't do something to be able to get business, you're not going to get paid because it's a 100% commission business. Um, So I had to get off my tail and do something about that. But that's how I got into the business. Um, Just starting from the bottom and working my way to the top. So you you touched on a couple of things there. First of all, you had a mentor, which was great. And it was a, a woman as a mentor, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm guessing, like most businesses, uh, loan processing, loan, you know, loan brokerage, loan origination is um, male dominated. Oh, yeah. Is that is that fair statement? Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you shared kind of the same genesis, the same career pathway as Amy Stuman. Amy Stuman's hosting the Women of Apex event, which I had those those ladies on the show a couple of weeks back uh, to talk about that event coming up April 15th. If you want more there, you can go womenofapex.com slash 2022 and check out more of that. App, wonderful. Ashley's going to be there. Uh, I'm going to be there because I'm sponsoring the event uh, for some of the some of the festivities of the day. But um, you know, Amy talked about in the financial space, same thing. Like you both saw. You both saw like, hey, we're doing all this work, but we're not making the money. Yeah. Amy saw it as, all I have to do is take that risk. So what was that switch for you? Was it, was it that push from your mentor? Or was there another switch that you had to, uh, had to activate to take that leap? I think it was a combination for me because I was literally almost there. But then that push was like, oh, you have no choice. You're doing it. So I was, I was very, very scared. Um, whenever I first started, because again, you know, coming from getting paid, um, you know, per file with the loan officers who had great volume and then being a hundred percent commission without knowing the ropes whatsoever to be able to get business. Um, but again, that didn't stop me. That didn't stop me from continuing and, tr- and figure- figuring it out. Um, you know, my mentor, she, she pushed me in, but she didn't teach me how to be able to get business. So that's something I had to learn on my own. <laughs> right. Right. So putting your, uh, psychology hat on, 
So for Amy, it was the realization, I need to take that risk and I'm going to go take it, right? So that was her switch for you. It was that push and the realization that there's a lot more reward on the other side, but you knew you had to go still like acquire, you know, build the funnel, right? Go do the work as we like to say. Mm-hmm. From a psychology perspective, there's a lot of folks that kind of hit that wall, right? And some people call it imposter syndrome. Some people call it fear. What, what do you see people struggle with in taking that leap, making that move? What's, what do you see from your perspective, your learning, your real world experience that holds people back in any situation? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think it boils down to taking action. That's the biggest thing. Like, although at that time period, I didn't know what I needed to do. I had no idea how I was going to get this business, um, but I had to do something. And the only thing I knew at that time was Facebook. Um, I knew that if I can just go out there and find people who needed my help, um, educate them on what it is that finance or, you know, having a home loan means and what it can get you, um, ultimately just taking that action and doing it. Um, that's where I see a lot of people fall. Although, yes, you have that imposter syndrome. Like at that time, mine was really high. How, how can, how can I become this? loan officer that I, you know, I see that my mentor and she's doing like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Like, how can I become that person? Whenever I thought, you know, like $2,000 a month or $1,000 a month was a lot for me um, coming out and, you know, coming out of college too. Although my goal was at that time to make $50,000 a year. And now I look at that and I'm like, that was nothing, <laughs> and, you know? <laughs> Um, but again, it comes back to that action, just taking that action, taking one step at a time, doing what you're going to say you're going to do and just doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that leads on to pretty much anything that I do in life. Um, even with a development construction, it's a whole different, um, ball game there, but just took action and did it. And we can talk more about that too. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it just dawns on me. Um, what year did you graduate college? Uh, 2010. 2010. Okay. So, you know, you're not, yeah. You know, when, when, you, when you think of somebody who develops land, who builds houses, certainly don't fit that avatar for a number of reasons and, and even age, mm-hmm. younger side of things. So take an action, mm-hmm. right? Awesome. What made you decide, okay, I'm doing well in mortgages. What was that? What was that action step where you realized I want to get into land development? Yeah. So I've always um, wanted. I'm I'm big on like design, and I love the fix and flip. And of course, you know, watching HGTV. Yes, we know it's a reality show, but reality can become like something that actually happens. Again, putting that action into it. Um, it really is something that I wanted to do for a really long time. Although I was in mortgages, it really goes hand in hand overall. Um, but what happened in that instance was me and my husband were driving down the street. We found this house that was actually for sale owner finance, which was a great opportunity, meaning we didn't have to go through the bank. And we looked at it and within 10 minutes, we made a decision. Like we literally took action in 10 minutes. We, and within that 10 minutes, we're like, we just got this house. And that was our first step in doing it. Like it was, it's so funny because it was down the street from my mother-in-law's house. We were visiting her for Mother's Day. And it just so happened that we just drove and there is a house literally for us, <laughs> ready to go. And nice. that's, that was the first thing that we started with was um, fixing um, or rehabbing. And I say rehabbing. So same terms of fix and flip, rehabbing a home. And then from there, what happened was uh, one of the contractors that we were working with, he's like, why don't y'all build houses? At that time, that was nowhere something that I thought we could do. But then I was like, why not? Why not us build houses? There you um, go. And then, you know, 
And then my, uh, of course, I have my husband with me. We're talking about this. And then guess what, guys? The second property was a purchase of a lot, a land purchase. And we literally did some digging. We decided we're going to go ahead and build a house. And we learned the steps by ourselves. We didn't um, have anybody to mentor us. We just went and did some research. What were the steps that you needed to do? Yeah, we had some mistakes, but we learned from them really quick. Um, So our second house was our new construction home, and we have not stopped since. Yeah, I mean, I want to hear more because I know you got some bigger projects. If we can talk about them, um, I want to talk about them. But um, I mean, you saw an own, uh, a for sale by owner home. You're like, we're doing it. Yeah. I mean, you didn't, you probably, did, did you have an LLC or, no. or a, a corporate entity no. at that time? No. Mm-mm. You didn't have a business card. You didn't have a website. Mm-mm. You're just like, this is something I want. I'm going to go get it. Why not? Mm-hmm. And I think what a lot of folks need to understand in in that step of decision making for Ashley and for her husband, I'm sorry, and your husband's name, I forgot your son's name, um, Elijah and Julian. Uh, my husband's name, Paul. Paul. Okay, yes, wonderful. Sorry. We we don't need to keep him nameless. We can we can call it Paul. So <laughs> so there, there's Ashley and Paul, right? Like they're they've just decided they're going to do this, and that statement of why not. Um, is a pretty big, bold statement because a lot of people, they, they might decide they want to do something, but then they start hearing all this chatter, right? From, and it's more often than not, it's like from the nosebleed seats. Mm-hmm. The people in the cheapest seats with the least skin in the game can't even see the field, let alone stand on it and be on it. Yeah. And they're the ones you let hold you back. That I just can't, like, that I can't understand. Uh, it's for folks like us, we're just impervious to that noise, right? Like with that, that why not mm-hmm. kind of forms that shield around us where we're in this like isolation booth of action and we just go get it done. Uh, yeah. I, it's so awesome to hear stories like that. Uh, it really truly is. So you did a first fix and flip your second house. You built from scratch on some, some piece of land, yeah. right? Figured that out. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to some bigger projects. Let's talk about those. Yeah. Um, so one of the projects that we're finishing up is um, a total of seven houses. So we went from one at a time to seven at one time. Um, that was a major, major move for us um, because it's a lot of work. Um, a lot of work to be able to make sure that everybody's doing their job, um, you know, getting everything ordered on time, you know, also coming in with, you know, some of the issues that we've had in the past two years with um, the availability of resources, um, that being labor or even uh, materials. Um, so those kind of things yep. um, we dealt with, but we overcame them. Um, and the reason was is because we're not stopping. We're going to figure this out. We have that attitude that we have to get this done. We're doing this for people who need homes. And then also our... Um, our motto here is that we build affordable homes. So that's, again, a part of the whole um, concept of being able to provide um, for other people is that um, middle-class um, family that needs that affordability and the ability to purchase a new home because it's not out there. Um, we're trying to fill that void. Right. Um, so, you know, that's one of the big things, too. Um, but now that we're working on those seven, now we can move on to 14, 20, because we know the process. We know the system. We just have to repeat it. We have it down. Um, so we'll be finishing those up. We have other um, projects that we're going to be working on. And ultimately, um, we have one that we're looking at to develop and build about 25 to 30 homes on that um, subdivision is what I like to call it because I want to build a subdivision. That's like um, something we are going to do. Um, So pretty exciting because, you know, all it really started with was just this idea um, that I wanted to get into that flip and uh, flipping or rehabbing business, but it turned into something even greater. We're building houses now. (laughs) 
Who can say that? Not a lot of people. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like for somebody, for me personally, like I love the creation process. The folks that I work with, you know, I've, in their businesses, I focus on building an incredible five-star experience, right? Like, and I love that process of creation, finding fun and unique ways and points of differentiation all the way through. But to build your own empire and like to drive by and say, to be able to say 10 years from now to your sons, yeah. uh, I don't know what your future family plans are, but let's say your sons for now, mm-hmm. to drive by and say to your sons, mommy built that, mm-hmm. daddy built that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, to me, that's just incredible. So yeah, congratulations on, on that. And I, so your, your larger subdivision, 2530 homes, is that like in the works? Yeah, or is, are you working negotiating? Mm-hmm. Awesome. We already we've already obtained the land, so that's ultimately the first thing you have to do is to be able to get that land and right. secure it, and then um, you have to go through engineering, um, all that good stuff um, to be able to get to the point to where you can go ahead and start developing and get it in the work. So, yeah, that's something that we are working on, and I'm pretty excited about it. So, in 12 years' time, graduated college, degree in psychology all the way to developing a 30-unit subdivision. Yeah. 12 years time. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, so you walk on to the project as a woman yeah. in construction. Mm-hmm. What's that like? You know, I have, because I'm in the mortgage industry and you know it's a male-dominant industry, I have really taken on, um, I guess you could say the alpha female. That's who I am. Um, I am able to work well with men. Um, and it's not hard for me to be able to, you know, give direction, hear people out, um, and make a plan of action. So that's nothing I'm scared of. Um, and I think that really helps me as a woman and the construction industry because I'm not scared. That's, there you go. Pretty, pretty succinct answer. Not scared. Going to help the team accomplish the goal and lead it effectively. Um, So for you, what, I mean, as a leader, what are the skills, what are the qualities you try to bring out? From myself or from other people? For, yeah, for yourself. Yeah. Uh, we could talk about that in business. You could talk about that with your family. Like, what are those core values that you have as a leader? Yeah. Um, so, in those aspects, personal life, business life. Absolutely. So, my biggest thing is, uh, or, you know, a couple of things leadership is one. Um, I feel like you have to be able to lead others, um, but as like a unit, we're doing this together. It's not about me, it's about all of us. Um, integrity, you have to have integrity with everything you do, regardless if it's business or personal life, anything that you do, always act with integrity, regardless if somebody's looking at you or not. Um, you know, it'll come back if, you know, regardless if somebody's looking at you or not. That's huge, huge. Um, and, you know, creating, creating freedom from being able to, um, Hire other people. I mean, it creates a lot of jobs. Um, the industry that we're in on both mortgage side and the construction side, uh, we're able to help put food on the table. Um, so, and then also creating that freedom lifestyle for my family, um, their family, um, building that legacy, um, that we ultimately are striving for. And then always um, working in excellence. So we always, always have to give our best in everything that we do for ourselves and everybody around us. Um, so excellent is huge for us. That's a big thing for both my mortgage business as well as the construction business. We want to do everything with the best possible um, service that we can give. Uh, um, and again, excellence it just has to be the best um so i don't know if you noticed but um that creates acronym of life so leadership integrity freedom and excellence um so we're creating a life of legacy love it love it that's very cool life 
leadership, integrity, freedom, freedom, and, and excellence. excellence. That's that's awesome. Thank you. Very, very well thought out. Easy playbook for everybody to execute on. I mean, I would imagine as you're talking with your crews, it, it, has the conversation ever gone down this road of, look, here's here's what we're really building here. We're building security. We're, we are building freedom. We are giving people who otherwise would not have this opportunity, safety, shelter, generational change. I mean, is, is talk about that conversation. I mean, I think that is really just incredible what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody who's on our team, they have to have that um, same mentality behind it. That's how we hire people. I mean, of course, we'll come into people that, you know, are doing their job and they and it feels like they're um, in tune with our core values and then something happens and it's like, oh, you know, you're, you're not meeting that integrity that we talked about. So we're probably going to have to find somebody else. Um, so, yeah, that conversation is something that we believe in and everybody on our team has to have that same mentality. Um, it is something that we strive for daily. It's not just... Um, working on the business is also personal. Um, so that's, um, that's a conversation we have with everybody. Um, so that we're all on the same page and working as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, so obviously you're busy. Mm -hmm. You've got two, two businesses, really. Um, is, is there any other businesses that have spun off of the development? Or are we just standing up to? Um, that's where we're not at. Not that that's not an. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's where we're at. Right yeah, I now. say that. Well, come on, <laughs> Ashley, have five, right? Um, you know, okay. So you got the two businesses. You've got uh, family. You've got your sons. You've got your husband. Um, obviously, that matriarchal role, that woman role in business, is interesting. Um, it's interesting to me having had. Uh, Jessica, Lori, and Amy Ellen for the Women of Apex event episode. Um, but what's like, what's your perfect day look like? What's the day you want to execute on uh, for your family, uh, for yourself personally, for your business endeavors? How do you balance that? Well, a perfect day would be for me to not have to really check in. I mean, we want to get ultimately to that point of life where we can hire people who are in line with our core values and that we can trust them to where I can just check in periodically and I can ultimately spend time with my family. That's my perfect day is literally waking up, um, taking my or getting my kids ready, taking them to school, um, working out, um, talking about um, you know, what I want to do. Maybe that's Look at uh, different businesses, something I want to invest in. Um, and then check in periodically with my team to see how they're doing and live the rest of my day with my husband. Um, so that's where that freedom comes in to where I just want to be able to get to that point to where I don't have to worry. I don't um, need to check in, micromanage people because they already know what they have to do. I love that answer because really you're, you're speaking my language. When I work with folks, I say the number one goal of your, of you owning your business should be for you to shift into that investor seat. Mm -hmm. Um, as Ashley shared it, the check-in seat, right? I get to go live my day, take my kids to school, go do the homeroom mom thing. If I, if that's needed that day, go have lunch with my husband in the afternoon, explore another investment opportunity. But none of it is answer the phone, return emails, uh -huh. put out fires. Yeah, I talk to some people and they say, you know, my perfect day would be I have all the customers come in, I handle them all, and they're all amazing. Like no, no gripes, no complaints. It's just I give them the thing, they give me the money, mm. and that's my perfect day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I say to people, listen, if that's truly what you want in life, if you have no other goals to check, no other dreams to, to fulfill, and you're completely happy, so be it. Yeah. If that fulfills you. But if you feel like you got more to give, it's 
getting away from that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really important. So from being what I call Chivo, right? I, I got to watch my camera framing here. Um, what I call Chivo, so like chief everything officer over here, you're doing everything yeah. to being in that investor seat over here. So where are you on that scale right now? From here, here's an investor. Here's the chief. I think I'm probably Chivo. Chivo. Yeah. <laughs> Chivo, chief everything officer. So I think I'm probably like around like right here. Um, so well past okay. the middle from being Chivo, because that's not what I want anymore. I used to want that. I don't anymore. And a, lot of, a lot of people take glory in that. They like wear it as this like badge of honor. <laughs> and to me, it's just not. And you know, and the, and I think because I wanted more control at that time of my life, and I needed to make sure that I was the one doing everything because I was the only one who could do it the best way possible. Literally, that's what I thought. But there are other people who can help you by delegating the things that you don't want or need to do anymore. And I let go. I finally let go and I allowed people to do what they're good at and what they're best at. And it has freed so much time for me to be able to focus on what's next. Yeah. Yeah. So out of letting go, so what was the what was the scariest thing that you were like holding on to the most? Yeah. So the big And then when you let it go, like the angels were singing and life was great. Yeah. So the big thing with my mortgage business was because I was a loan processor before I had the skills and the knowledge and I felt like nobody else had the skills and the knowledge like I did. So I thought that I had to look at every file to determine if somebody's going to be able to get pre-approved to become a homeowner um, because I just wanted control again. On top of that, I wanted control to be able to um, make sure everything was perfect. Um, but I did a lot of um, work on myself um, as an individual because that also had a big play in it. Because like I did say before, I am an alpha female. So although I'm very quiet and reserved, there's another side of me <laughs> when it comes to, you know, that alpha female. Um, so I have um, released a lot of that and I have delegated and allowed other people to do what they're good at. Um, Again, I mean, it just creates that freedom that I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I hear people, like, they hesitate on that. They say, you know, I get it. I got to let go. I got to hire a team. I need to do, you know, I need to have somebody at home do the house cleaning. Because, you know, that dollar per hour thing, if, if, if you feel you're a $200 an hour earner, right? Yeah. Everybody says, and it's true, you should alleviate yourself of everything that's $1.99 an hour and under, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, because you're actually losing money if you genuinely are that high dollar an hour earner. Um, and a lot of folks like just have that fear because they're like, well, what if I don't make the money? Well, like you said, why not? You just have to take that action. Right. Um, so on a personal level, was there anything you let go of that you're like just so happy to not do anymore? Yeah. Um, so speaking of cleaning, I mean, we did take advantage of somebody coming in and cleaning um, weekly yeah. for us. So that helps a whole lot. I mean, having two kids and coming in every day, tearing up the house and you're tired and, you know, getting them ready for dinner, et cetera. Um, we also do that, yep. um, like with my son, he's in football. So I want to be able to watch my son too, like really be engaged. And if I want to be able to take videos and stuff, um, you know, of course I have the role of um, ultimately taking care of our other son, Julian, while that's happening. But now we're, um, we've hired somebody to be able to take care of Julian while we're at practices and games. So I can also enjoy the time with my son. Um, that's fun. So it really, really is. Um, yeah. because I get that time with him. Like, although he's on the field, I know he, he watches back and sees if mom's watching. So that's very, very important to me. They, 
Yeah, you're you're tugging at my heartstrings right now because I coached youth football for five years. Uh, I had I had some amazing parents, uh, and I had some parents that were, you know, divorced, uh, using the child as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had parents that were absent, mm-hmm. and I can tell you unequivocally, oh yeah, the kids that had parents in the stands, uh, they didn't always have to be married. But the kids that had a parent there watching or a family member there watching, they were just so happy. Oh, yeah. So happy. So excited. And I would I would do everything I could, you know, well, you know, coaching, you know, 20, 30, 40, depending on which year, which age group of anywhere from 7 to 11-year-olds. Um, I would call it out. Like, your mom just saw that tackle. That's awesome. High five, you know, so... That's that's great that you've made that commitment. Um, I hope everybody that listens to this can hear, if they don't hear anything, because I think family is the greatest thing that we do. Oh, yeah. Um, I truly, truly believe that. So please be a present parent at your kids' stuff, whether that's football, theater, music, you know, don't be, you know, I'm on video right now. Don't be like this at your kids' game. Yeah. Right. Like I have my phone up. I'm looking at it because your kids see it. Oh yeah, they do. They, they no doubt see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been guilty of it. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm perfect, but do everything you can. So having somebody to watch, like daycare or or childcare, to watch the other child, that's that's such a power move right there. It really is for your family. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Really, really awesome. So uh, as we approach the top of the hour. Um, you're going to ask this question. What charities, what things do you focus on um, that you like to give back? What uh, what pulls your heartstrings in that regard? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, of course, one of the things that we always do is tithing with the church, um, regardless of, you know, availability of, you know, funds. You know, starting out, I know that sometimes really hard to, you know, put money in that bucket when it's being passed around, but I encourage you to do that. And I feel like that's one of the biggest blessings that we've had is, you know, tithing and it literally comes back. Um, another is the Champion Shoes. Um, that is another uh, charity that we enjoy because it supplies shoes to children who are in need of shoes. Um, we probably, I mean, we probably don't even think about, um, you know, the luxury of having shoes. But whenever you're in that situation, whether, you know, it's a child or a little bit older um, teenager and, you know, they're walking around in, uh, at school not with not the best shoes or they're not equipped for PE, um, being able to provide that shoe, it could build somebody's confidence pretty quickly. So we we love that. Um, and then in addition to um, with our new construction business, because we are focusing on trying to be able to um, focus on getting uh, scholarships for um, children coming out of high school um, to look at trades. Um, so whether that be HVAC, electrician, um, those types of uh, programs to be able to get them ready to start helping um, our society, you know, with building homes, as well as becoming pretty wealthy pretty quickly. Uh, coming out of high school. So there's a, those oh, yeah. are the main things that we're focusing on right now. Yeah. Well, you know, to, to kind of run, run back your list, tithing, I mean, there's, there is a, a faith, uh, challenge is the word that comes to mind, but it, it's right there in scripture, right? To give back. Mm-hmm. It's right there in scripture that if you have only a penny to give it, Right. So there's, there's, there is this faith base. There is this karmic, uh, goodness that does come back when you do commit to tithing. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. We've heard in our circle in executives, we've, we've heard many, many times of how things come back around. Yeah. Um, and we don't do it for that reason, but you know, the universe provides, right? It just does. Um, you reference champion shoes. That's by, you know, Mike and Tiffany, Claudio, they're amazing people. Again, I can talk from my being on the football fields in the youth days. Uh, one of the things, and I forget the person, I would love to name them, but I forget, but it was one of the former coaches or one of the former board members. 
they started asking for donations of cleats at the end of the season. The kids outgrew. And to be able to kind of take those kids that couldn't afford nicer cleats to shop, if you will, in the equipment shed, yeah, we'd clean them up, freshen them up, new laces, whatever. But like that, I can tell you a kid, their belief in themselves changes. Yeah. And it's so incredible. So if you have opportunity to give the champion shoes, um, you absolutely should do so. And I love the fact that you're focusing on the trades. Uh, that's one thing that I've taken to uh, our our local school board and, and have said, if if we want to help our society out, getting kids from families that are lower income into these high-skill trades not only helps the child, helps but the family. quite possibly helps the family. It does. Because mm-hmm. th- these kids, two, three years post high school, can be making, you know, 50%, 100% more in income than their parents have maybe ever earned. Yep. And the, the, the generational shift that that has, the ability that that positive ability that it has to make is just astounding. So awesome on you for being that change agent local to you. So I've thoroughly enjoyed our time together. Yes, I really have. I, I knew it. this would be a good show. Uh, so if so, uh, to, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Feel free to plug loans. Feel free to plug plug your houses. Uh, I'm sure you've probably got like all of them sold by now, but <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, um, how do people get in touch with you? Um, so one of the main ones is our my website. It's ashleyherrera.phonesites.com. That will uh, pretty much have everything in there for any type of contact you want to make. Um, so it basically just has those buttons for you. You click on what your need is and get in touch. Um, so again, with the mortgage loans, guys, don't be afraid to apply. Um, we work with credit scores down to 500 for FHA, no minimum for VA. And we have other types of programs that will be able to assist you if you qualify for those programs, um, to be able to help with your down payment. Um, so the types of programs that we have available gives you the opportunity to become a homeowner and don't be afraid to just take action. Awesome. Awesome. Ashley, uh, this has been great. Uh, I guess I will see you later this week Yes, sir. in Texas. Is that right? Yes, sir. I'll see you I'll then. see you there. And then I'll see you at the Women of Apex event later. I will the be month. there. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. All right, Ashley, this has been a joy. Thank you so much. Honored to have you on the show. Keep kicking butt and taking names. And uh, thanks for being on The Big Ticket Life. And we'll see you all next week on next week's episode.